And we're off and running. Hey, what's up, everybody? I got to stop. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> that was sexy, Lynn. <laughs> Save all that. <laughs> oh, that was that was sexy. <laughs> I want to hear all that. It's a family-friendly show. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Binge Lounge, our diversion on the Michelle mission into talk of television, media, and other such delights. My name is Len, <laughs> a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. Oh, for God's sake. And I'm joined by my partner. Uh, yeah, this this Vincent Williams. <laughs> it's all so that's that's all I got, folks. <laughs> Tonight on the Ben Lounge, <laughs> we're talking about race bending. We're talking about whitewashing. Yes, we're talking about doing the nasty. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, we're not. Not that part, but but we are going to talk about um talk talk about talk about uh whitewashing and and race spending in general because because you know I think it is something that is is on the minds of the people very much so. you know is on the minds of the people I mean obviously our show we focus towards black on black movies mm-hmm. and and the the race African American. In, in blackness, but but you know certainly this is an issue that that is akin to what we deal with, and yeah. and you you know I think it's fair to say we are sympathetic to what you you know the the, the sort of opinions that people have about it. Mm-hmm. You know, two things in particular particular that have happened recently. Recently, uh, first and foremost, and, and this is something that is near and dear to me and Lynn's hearts as comic fans. As fans of 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 Simone Missick in particular, yes. and Luke Cage in general, and the 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 Netflix Marvel series in general, there there's been huge controversy about the newest net Marvel Netflix show Iron Fist mm-hmm. and the character Iron Fist, which mm-hmm. you, you know again to fold it back into comics. If you are a comic reader, you know that this has been a controversy since. 1974. Yeah, when the character was first introduced introduced in the comic books. So, you know, the whole Iron Fist situation, I thought, was one that, you know, maybe we could talk about. And and then the second thing is, are we calling it a flop yet? Like, are we using the word flop? I think you have 20 million one weekend domestically, a hundred million dollar budget. Are, are we going to call it a flop? I think you have to say that uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is a flop. It's dead in the water. You know, Scarlett Johansson's uh, starring vehicle with the um, adaptation of, of the classic anime series, yeah. Ghost in the Shell, which is another film. If you know anything about Scarlett Johansson, you know she is not Japanese. <laughs> no, she's not. Like the characters in Ghost in the Shell. And parallel... To that, I just read today. I think Get Out just crossed the 
crossed some other crazy threshold. Like I think it had already crossed a hundred million dollars. Oh, it's way past it. Yeah, it, it but, probably but crossed two hundred. Yeah, million. it did some. It, yeah. it, you know, and and this is a film that had all black leads and you know all people of color. So that when we talk about why do we have white leads in films and why do we have these films and they kind of center around white people, the argument has always been they're more marketable. Yeah. And this is something that transcends and it works overseas. And I think what we might be seeing is a shift in the paradigm, if you will. Well, I think we're, we're, what we're seeing is that people are being called on their BS. Oh, as okay. Far as that we don't sell overseas. Right. You know, and all that type of stuff. But speaking about um, the two examples that you brought up. And let's Iron start Fist with, and Ghost in the Shell. Right, let's speak, right. of, speak of Iron Fist first. The yes. character Iron Fist was introduced in the comics back in the 1974. Uh, Iron Fist, a white guy. Right. Um, who basically is deemed the martial arts master. Of the Marvel Universe at that time, I don't one hundred percent remember his backstory. From he, he 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 his parents. He's on a flight with his parents, and they crash land in Kunlun, right? Which is you know basically Shangri La, right? And there's a prophecy of of you know a chosen one, if mm-hmm. you will, you know someone who fights a dragon and will get the power of the dragon when he you know defeats the dragon, and Danny Rand. Is you know is raised and trained in this environment, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, and of course he becomes the chosen one, right? And then he has the the iron fist, or you know, it becomes a thing onto iron, is what it always said in the comic books, mm. and it would glow, and he busts stuff up, and he knows martial arts. Yeah, so the whole thing about it is that at the time that it was created back in 1974, he was this white guy who was the martial arts um, master, right? And it, it was deemed kind of like whitewashing at that time because when the, what they what Marvel was trying to do was to cash in on what were basically the last gasps right. of the kung fu um, movie era because right. that year before Bruce Lee had died, but his movies right. were still kind of coming out, right? Right. Um, so they were trying to cash in on that, uh, b- but by using a white guy. Much like, you know, David Carradine in the television series Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Even though you, you say that it was David Carradine, but you can't lay it all on David Carradine's fault about him being the lead in Kung Fu because he was, at that time, an actor taking a job. It, right. it was a show... Oh, I don't was, think it was his fault. I'm just right. saying, yeah, the show itself. Yeah, the, the show itself. But, I mean, the show was pitched by Bruce Lee. I was about to say, with, didn't when see he found Bruce a white Lee. guy. Yeah. He found a white guy to, to do the role. Um, so you you had Iron Fist, and, and for the most part in the comics, even though he was introduced, he was introduced, like I said, at the last gas of the Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu era, and, you know, he was a modest hit. You yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And, and he... He survived most. His book mostly survived because I think at the time it was published bi-monthly, so they didn't have to push it out there every every month, um, and became more or less a loss leader. Yeah, for Marvel, right? 
Until until such time when it was not leading the losses anymore, and they were about it was on the chopping block, and instead of just wholly canceling and foregoing the character, his his character and his backstory and everything was subsumed into Luke Cage's ongoing comic book at right. that time, Power Man, Luke Cage, Power Man, and and then his comic book became Power Man and Iron Fist, which to be fair, would go on to be a wholly more popular comic than either of the two's individual comics were. Arguably one of the most well-loved teams in comics. Yes. You know, like you get past Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you get past Batman and Robin, what team is more, like what duo is more beloved in comics, like among well, comic be, people, be, beloved or or remembered, because you, you've got Batman and Robin, you've got Lone Ranger and Tonto, you've got Green Green Hornet and Kato. Oh well, they're more beloved than Green Hornet and Kato, unless uh, you talk about seventy year old dudes around listening to the radio. People, people love Bruce Lee. Like I'm, a, I'm a let people, you. People don't remember the radio. They no, no, no. Bruce I mean Lee. the comic books. But I understand, right? And comic books. Like I let you slide with that Lone Ranger and Tonto. Like you've been hanging out at the. <laughs> the retirement home sitting around with your 90 year old friend listening to radio dramas i remember the cartoon as sponsored by ovaltine i remember now it's the green hornet i remember the cartoons come on kato i would come home from school (laughs) and i watch the superman and batman and aquaman cartoons and then every once in a while they throw in the lone ranger oh cool so leave me alone i'm I'm saying (laughs) leave me alone vince so anyway but it was that's what made the character popular, right? And that's the reason why when the Marvel flash exactly. forward now is doing the whole, you know, re, uh, uh, urban, you know, side of their universe on Netflix, and they decide they want to do Luke Cage, that everybody's just looking for Iron Fist, right? You can't say Power Man without, without Iron Fist. without Iron Fist, true. Um, so that's why they they throw in. The Iron Fist. Now, in 2017, that whole casting of this white guy as this kung fu expert to the point that, you know, not only is he the chosen one, it seems very eerie that this this place, Kunlun, which has everybody is Asian. Everybody. Everybody has ever been to Kunlun is Asian. Right. It, 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 Kunlun started in Asia. Right. But their prophecy was of a white guy. Right. That, right. Seems, that, that seems a little, I, I don't that seems a little weird but however <laughs> that's that's an adjective okay <laughs> but you but it, it, now in 2017 it, that don't fly so good it it done it it, it done and as you said you, you know and, and i think uh, again there's it, it's so funny i just saw something today on like bleeding cool where they identified a letter that was published in 1974 people where had a problem with a, a, a japanese american man wrote in and said why would you do this and and have a white guy? And it's like this is something that from the very beginning, mm-hmm. the Asian-American community in particular yeah, and people who care about this stuff generally said this is a bad idea. Yeah. So – and it's it's really a shame, especially going back to that time. I I hate, and I know this is the binge lounge. It's supposed to be about TV and movies and all this other stuff. But I got I can't help because this all stems from comics, right? Right? To right? To just think about about at that time, around the time that Iron Fist is out there middling in comic book history on his own in his comic book, which only saw an upgrade once they got. 
Chris Claremont and John Byrne early in their careers, or right. those two stalwarts in the comic book industry. At the same time, Marvel was put, putting out Shang-Chi, Master Shang- of Kung Fu. Master of Kung Fu. Which was not even arguably, no. definitively yeah. a better comic book. Yeah. Written by Doug Monk and yeah. drawn by P- Paul Gulasi. That's right. That's right. Paul Gulasi Interiors. Yes. Which is which was a big deal even then. It was killer. I know we're getting a little inside baseball we'll with the comic inside. stuff. We're going to come back to the TV stuff. We're going to come moment. back to the TV. Just just bear with us. It, Go ahead. It, but it, it but to be fair also, that character in the comics was kind of middling around as well. Right. I also think the so 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 Shang-Chi his whole deal was his father was a criminal mastermind and, and you know sort of head of the an oriental warlord yeah but it was fu manchu yeah and that's where it gets in and problem. that's because legally they ran into issues I which think. is why they don't have collected issues which is why they don't have so i do think you, you know and this will be the last time i defend the the 50 year old white guys at marvel doing this stuff but i think that was a lot of why they didn't get behind uh shang chi as much as they could have Okay, but you part own, of the reason you own the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason why he can't be rewritten. Right, you divorce him, kind of like they do now, where yeah. you know they kind of show him in shadow. And right. but yeah, I hear you. Right, I hear rewrite you. Rewrite him and rewrite him and make him the freaking Iron Fist. Right. But okay. It's but okay. you get to Iron Fist, and like you said, there was a, there's been an ongoing controversy since it was announced. Yeah, and and part of what people pushed for was the casting of an Asian American actor. Yeah, and they didn't. And there's been a huge and you know I'll say that. Have you watched it? I've watched a, a half of it. So you have watched? I watched the first episode, and <sighs> Finn Jones is abysmal. Yeah, he's it's, terrible. Yeah, the argument is not like helped by he him is being a, te- like being very he bad. is terrible yeah and i you know we i've talked about it before just how cutthroat i am with my television watching time and my movie watching like i just i I just like this is my third time saying it now i just caught up with the expanse Mm -hmm. you know like i caught the last episode of feud last night okay and you know this is like like this is prestige stuff going on right now you know we watch a movie a week at least Ain't nobody got time for for Finn Jones? No. Finn Jones is terrible. So not only did they cast somebody white, they cast somebody who wasn't... Like, I don't even understand how he got the job. Yeah, he's not not good. He's not good at all. But I... I don't want to ride with them, but okay, you cast a, a white guy because it, the story right, was a white that, guy in the that he was a white guy, right? And maybe you cast the wrong guy, right? Wrong guy, but you cast a white guy. You cast a white guy. My problem is that you then have this white guy. Okay, you, if you don't want to correct that sin, you can certainly correct the sin where this white guy is now telling the Asian people in this world yeah. about their culture. Yeah. You know, and how he has a better grip yeah. and understanding of it. That's where this I've I, really I got a problem. Yeah. You know, look, here's what this this is I, I think I think when we talk about these these old properties, it's funny you you brought up the Lone Ranger, because they try and do it with the Lone Ranger too. 
I think some of these properties, you just you, you got to leave. Like, you can't do anything with them. Yeah, leave them alone. Like, every five years, they try and make a Tarzan movie. You, you know, like, every like you, every now and then, it bubbles up a treatment for the Phantom. You know, the loan. Like, you can't do them. Like, you cannot make these films. And it's, you know, somebody who kind of likes this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with how they kind of bend it and twist it around to try and make you try and make it work. But no matter what you do, the source material is racist. But some source material you can flip and kind of make work. Like what they did in Doctor Strange with the with the wise one. Right. You know, yes, in there, they bend the story to match the casting that they wanted to. Right. And while some people maybe still had a problem with it. Right. To me, okay, if that's how you're choosing to deal with that problematic casting, you know, that uh, that problematic uh, character from the comics. Right. Okay, I'll roll with you. I'm, I'm... I can buy that a little bit, especially since the other character that also was problematic from uh, Doctor Strange's history, Wong, you totally did do a rewrite on him right. and made him a much more substantial right. Ca- right. Uh, character. So you've, you've, you've uh, at one, admitted the problems of the source material and have sought to be corrective of it. Here, here's the difference in my mind between Doctor Strange and something like Iron Fist. The Orientalism that's part of Doctor Strange's origin story, where you know it's this wise sage Asian man with that long Fu Manchu like you know Pei Wei yeah. from from the old karate, you know from the old um, Stan Shaw movies of the seventies. You don't need that. Like, you can cut that out completely, and it's still Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange could have gone to a hidden land on the continent of Africa. He yeah. could have gone, you know, in South America. Ireland. In the, right. In Ireland, it could be, you know, where the wee folk are and mm-hmm. right there. And it's still Doctor Strange. Right. Whereas Iron Fist, because it's martial arts, because we talk about martial arts in a certain way in our culture. Yeah. It's it's very much connected, and and you know I agree with you. It's like one thing you cast this white man in this role, and then you kind of surround him with Asians. But because by definition he's the best at this, it's a it is this finger wagging and you know telling you about you know yeah. mansplaining or Asian splaining. It's a lot of splaining. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I go back. To my to my statement a few minutes ago, I don't think you. I think Iron Fist. I think I like the way that back to the comics. I like the way that Power Man and Iron Fist were in the comics, where they turn into a buddy movie, basically. Yeah, and you know they're they're from different worlds, and somehow this all works out so that you downplay that aspect of it of him being you know the white savior figure of this Asian kind of culture, but I think. As as a as a martial artist and and I don't I, I don't know how you make it work. Like I think you need to leave it alone. I think it's Tarzan. I think it's Tarzan. The best Tarzan movie you've ever seen is problematic. 
Well, no, that's not true. What's the best Tarzan movie that you are you gonna say Greystoke? No. I, I didn't like Greystoke. I wanted to like Greystoke. I actually like Greystoke a little bit. Would you like better than Greystoke? The animated Tarzan. <laughs> now we're back to the cartoons. So right so now you're back to like the Tarzan, Lone Ranger, and Tonto Black Star Hour. No, no, I'm not talking about I'm talking about the animated car, Tarzan Disney movie. Oh, I liked it. Yeah, that was pretty good. I did like it, and that I like Mini a... Driver. I love Mini right, Driver. One right, of my favorite right, actresses. Right, right. And it's not bad. Are it, there black people in it? I don't think so. Yeah, I think the best thing you can do with Tarzan, <laughs> like you just can't, <laughs> you just leave. like you just can't have any people. Like my fa- <laughs> like my 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 platonic ideal of Tarzan was that it would be like that or like Greystoke, where it's him and he's out with the apes. He's doing stuff. I need one shot of like some Maasai warriors on the side looking at him speaking to each other and saying who is this crazy white man out in in the jungle with these monkeys <laughs> and what's he wearing and what's he wearing <laughs> and why is he doing it and they're like they walk away <laughs> they walk away slow right like, <laughs> like I need an acknowledgement that Tarzan living with the monkeys is strange by the people who live there you know, again, the Maasai warriors, they come up and they see him and he's like, oh my goodness. And then, like you say, they back away slowly because this, <laughs> this is crazy. It's they, so- look at him, they look at him like uh, Ray Charles Band. Right. I, I don't know what he's saying. Just keep going. going. It's, yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> and, you know, again, I, I know I keep saying we're not going to do comic-y things. Did you read Planetary? Yes. There's so Planetary is, is a comic book Warren Ellis and it's all sort of analogs of these characters. Mm-hmm. And there's the issue where he has the Tarzan analog and and one of the characters asks him, you know, uh something, 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 and you know, you've you, you know, you you've only he he basically says have you've never had sex before? And the Tarzan analog says something along the lines of, Well, no, not with a woman and oh, it's like yeah. oh oh what are they saying about Tarzan and it's hilarious but Tarzan lived in the trees with the monkeys for like 20 years mm. whatever goes down when the lion sleeps tonight goes down when the lion sleeps tonight mm. in the jungle the mighty jungle so that's my Tarzan movie that I, like if like you want this to watch Tarzan I need sexual deviant Feral Tarzan. <laughs> With like Maasai warriors looking from the side <laughs> and then backing away slowly. Because I don't know what's going on with him beating on his chest and the gorillas are beating on their chest and it looks like they're talking to each other. You know what? Let's just give them their space. <laughs> okay. What about Ghost in the Show? You know what? Um, I think Ghost in the Shell is actually offensive. Really? Like when you think about, I mean, do you know the plot of the movie or the plot of the anime even? The plot of the anime is that she was a cop. Right. But then they they turned her Her into into the same. But this android being is supposed to be the zenith of human development. Yes. And they keep that in the movie. So in the movie, originally she was a, a Japanese woman. Well, the cop was a Japanese. The cop, the cop was a Japanese woman, and then when she, they brought her back in the yes. body of Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Right. Apparently, Scarlett Johansson is the zenith of human development. 
but, not a Japanese woman. But I thought that in the in the anime, and with, before you start on the anime, let me just tell you, I saw the anime once in nineteen. It's been a minute. Ninety five. That's when it came out, and I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be, you know. Like we about to have no ghost in the shell conversation. <laughs> well, I like I'm not a ghost in the shell dude. Let me like we talk about Iron Fist from like we talk about Roy Thomas and Gil Kane, and we talk about the the Matt um what you call it series from a couple of years ago. I ain't gonna be talking too much about no <laughs> ghost in the shell. The original anime though. All I was gonna say. All right. Was that I? I seem to remember in the original anime because basically it's the story from the original. Yeah, anime, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That the the cop didn't look like the android or whatever. Right, right. That her essence is put into in the anime. Sure, either. but you got to have a Japanese woman be the zenith of human development. I don't think you necessarily have to. Ja- well, you don't have to, but it's racist as hell if you don't. Well, I don't know, honestly. No. To be fair. Like, that's some Hitler stuff. No, but... To like, you actually doing Hitler stuff. But to be fair, the the android in the anime does not look like a Japanese woman. She is drawn to look as they... As a, a lot of I was the, about to say, the, 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 the manga and the anime, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's, that, that's always been the argument. Well, they don't look Japanese in the work, and it doesn't matter. It's Japanese art. Like, it's a Japanese art form if you're going to train. You know, it's everything else. It's what I say all the time about everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. Like, you want all the Japanese stuff, but you don't want no Japanese people. I'm just saying, what I'm just saying is that, okay, because it is an android. Yes. And because the android does not have Japanese features. Yes. It does not. It means that that character when you putting it into live action doesn't necessarily have to be uh Japanese. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And, and I don't think I don't think that that necessarily is offensive. I think that's mad problematic if you take the Japanese woman and then again you transfer well, her th- to the zenith of human development and the zenith of human development just happens to look like a white woman. Well, if that was the same, but if if the same thing happened in the anime, then well, I don't think written again. Aren't they just being ninety five? I was yes, I understand. We used to go to Seven Elevens and get like a big gulp, and like I would get fruit punch because I don't really like carbonated drinks that much, and and I drink like you know a third, maybe even half out, (laughs) and then like fill it back up with grain. And, like, it was this little theater that showed, like, you know, foreign films and anime, you know, like one of those funky little theaters that we used to be able to have in the 90s Mm -hmm. in the city before rents and everything. And we used to go and watch, like, little funky films and stuff and, and boy, have ourselves a time. But, you know, I I wasn't taking notes like now. (laughs) Like now. (laughs) Like... Like I watched the Learning Tree earlier, and I took copious notes and and like opened up links on IMDb and <laughs> saw an essay. And you know, I'm holding my son in this arm, and I'm doing all, like that's not what I was doing in 1995 <laughs> when I saw Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, no. So you, I can't really. All I know is in 2017, 
That sounds <laughs> real <laughs> problematic. And I'm wrong. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. If they had opened up her file and they said that you used to be this detective and but now we transferred you to a to a being that is the zenith of human development and the old detective it was a picture of like Monica Calhoun I might have burned the theater down myself so I completely understand my Asian brothers and sisters being real offended by the implication that Scarlett Johansson physically represents the zenith of human development and you couldn't find a Japanese actress to represent that. That's all I'm saying. Like, I understand your point. Like we're talking about these fictive worlds and, you know, in theory, this that, and the other and you, but you know, in these fictive worlds in theory, the prophecy might say a white guy has to come to our Asian land and teach us Kung Fu. No, it doesn't. You know what it says in the prophecy? <laughs> the prophecy says that it will be a golden child. Because yeah. as much as Eddie Murphy was like, you know, the hero of that movie, right. the prophecy right. was that Asian prophecy right, was, about, was, an Asian was about an Asian child. Right, right, right. You right. know what I mean? They were respectful enough of that. Eddie Murphy was not the chosen one. Right. He was just the chosen one's bodyguard. Right. You know, that's the, that is admittedly the difference. Hey, you guys are such hypocrites. You're sitting here talking about the whitewashing and, and the people getting cast. And you've been sitting here almost a half hour and you are professed nerds and lovers of the Marvel films. What do you think about Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury? Nick Fury in the comic books was white. Is that a case of blackwashing? Huh? Fellas, what do you think about that? No, because the <laughs> Avengers as and that whole Marvel universe, the Marvel universe in the movies would not be if it were not for first Marvel doing their ultimate universe. Okay. Because that's all the Marvel universe really started out being. It was right. the their depiction of the ultimate universe. The ultimate universe was basically a retelling of the Marvel universe at that time with a let's say a perspective of the the times in which they were set in the 21st right. century. Sure. Um, and in that retelling, they recast in the comic books. Right. Nick Fury's character as a black man, so much so that the the artist Brian Hitch yes. used the actor uh, Samuel Jackson as his model for that Nick Fury. And in his defense, Mark Miller always writes his stuff basically culture kings is a podcast on the how stuff works network hosted by comedians jackie's neil and edgar montplacier every wednesday and friday these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports music to movies style they wonder whether or not donald glover is a genius or a weirdo they continuously decipher kanye west's tweets and behavior they also have recurring segments like queen of the week the list and top fives like marvel movies and video games listen to culture kings and subscribe on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and find out the best way to eat a taco no oh. what's the best way to eat a taco that's with your hands with your hands also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down 
it's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. He has movie pitches. I, so when well. he describes the characters, he says, this one should look like that. This, this one, right. And he said that he, the character should look like Samuel Jackson. And, and and lo and behold, he looked exactly like Samuel Jackson. I'm sure he's not, because you could tell there was actually some pictures of Samuel Jackson that Brian Hitch lifted for, right. the, for the book. But it was still fantastic art. And then Samuel Jackson, who is incapable of saying no to a check. <laughs> oh, said, oh, hey, easy. Look, look, I like Samuel Jackson. But Samuel Jackson don't want nobody to eat. Nobody eat before Samuel Jackson eat. He's never been in a Medea movie. That's only because... <laughs> Medea can't afford to pay He Samuel can't Jackson. afford Samuel can't afford Jackson. Jackson. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'd be willing to bet that Tyler Perry has... Ponied up some dough. But Samuel Jackson is booked till 2035. I'm going to say you what, and I'm going to go on record as saying it. If Samuel Jackson is in a Medea movie, I'm going to go see that movie. <laughs> I'm going to go see Samuel Jackson in a Medea movie. That will get me to a Medea movie. I'm not going to see Samuel Jackson in a Medea movie. <laughs> I am not going to see him. It's bad enough. It's bad enough. That uh, what was that that Christmas movie like just a couple of years ago that oh. Danny Glover was in? Um, this Christmas, Monique, Black Christmas, this Christmas or something like that. It's bad enough. He and, and that was uh, almost uh, Blackity Christmas. Yeah, I call it Blackity Christmas. <laughs> the blackest Christmas. Blackity Christmas. <laughs> Blackity Christmas. Baked, baked macaroni and cheese Christmas. <laughs> baked Christmas. It was <laughs> paprika on potato salad Christmas. You better boil some eggs and cut them in that potato salad Christmas. Sweet potato pie Christmas. That actually is not a bad title of a movie. <laughs> I'd actually see Sweet Potato Pie Christmas. Sweet Potato Pie Christmas. Sweet Potato Pie Christmas. Oh, my God. All right, smart guy. You want to pull some type of uh, comic book knowledge on me, Lynn and Vince? Okay. What about Perry White? Being recast as Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. Primarily because Samuel Jackson was <laughs> right. Right? Is that blackwashing? It. Well, some could say that. It, I don't want to talk about some. I want to talk about Lynn and Vince. But right now, we're talking about Lynn. I don't seem to remember that anybody having a problem with that. Right. Um. Now, don't get me wrong. Is that because you all are hypocrites? No. It's because Lois Lane wasn't Halle Berry. Now, if right. Lois Lane, if like if all of a sudden Lo- Lois Lane was Megan Good, it had been it had been some, it had been some churn- furniture moving. Okay, but um, I, I don't. I, I guess the reason why people didn't have a problem with that is because Perry White on the totem pole of Superman ancillary characters is low. Okay, I I. I it would have been interesting. I don't think that nobody would have would dare make Lois another right. ethnicity. Even though one of my favorite Superman comic books of all time, real quick aside, um, <sighs> it about to talk. is uh, oh, I can't remember. I'm Curious Black. No, is that when Lois becomes black? Is that the one you talk? Oh about? no 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 no! Don't no, 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 talk about problematic. No, there was. Um, <laughs> I've been looking for a copy. 
for 20 years. You don't. The cover is all everybody needs. You don't need to read the story. <laughs> yeah, just, the, the, the cover is Lois Lane walks into a machine, I comes out the other machine. Black. You know what? I need to read the story to see because I need a scene where Superman looks at her and kind of does the calculations. And I want to see if Superman got a little chocolate fever. He said, damn, girl. <laughs> no, there's a comic book um, from a few years ago by Mark Wade and Stuart Eminem. Um, and it basically is uh, uh, if Superman more or less was actually Superman, but in the real world. Okay, and, yeah. And, and in that world, he falls in love with a woman who is more or less Lois Lane. Her, her, her name kind of sounds Lois Lane-ish. Right. But she's Indian. Oh. And it, it's one of my it's, – it's probably my favorite Superman story. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll let it to you before you leave. I think it's over there on the show. See, now we I'm, – I'm sorry, you all. It's better than whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? Oh, yeah. And I like whatever happened to me. It's Man. better than All-Star Superman? All-Star Superman may... Because All-Star Superman is very, like, you know, all-American pie Superman. And perfect. It's a very good show. It's, it's very good. Um, it, may, it may not be better than, okay. than that. And it also may not be better, ultimately, than All-Star Superman. Because I did like All-Star right, Superman, right. too. You mean what, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? No, All Star. All Star. Okay, All Star right. Superman. Right, it's by, better by than Grant you, Morrison and Frank White. Right, you think it's better than whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Yes, it's, it is better than them. It may not be better than All Star Superman or or right Superman now. for all seasons. I was about to say, how about Superman? That's my other. Oh, you know, that's, that's the my, one I was thinking. That's of. my third one. That did, yeah. that to me are the ultimate. It may not be better than those two, but I like it more. Okay, fair enough. But I like it more. Fair enough. Where was I going? We were talking about race bending casting, and you you're theorizing that that Perry White didn't cause any type of stir because he wasn't close to a primary. Yeah, I, cast. I don't think that they would have had. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have dared make Lois Lane um, a, a black woman, right? Maybe Hispanic, you know, or right. slightly ethnic. But I I wonder what would have happened if and. For this to matter, he would have had to play a bigger role if Jimmy Olsen was a black guy. Like on Supergirl. Yeah. Right. How do you feel about him being black on Supergirl? I don't mind him being black on Supergirl because his character is one is totally different. <laughs> he's I mean, not he's, actually Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, he's Jimmy Olsen in name only. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, that, 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 that ain't my Jimmy Olsen. That's, I know Jimmy Olsen, and that's not <laughs> Jimmy Olsen. You're not Jimmy You're Olsen. You're not Jimmy Olsen. Okay. All right. What are the more interesting race-bending casts? casting choices that no one talks about because i think it was a lego movie rosario dawson as batgirl as batgirl as batgirl and she's she's definitively brown like if you look at her and you look at commissioner you know they are brown people which is what well yeah yeah yeah, that's true that's i didn't even notice that commissioner gordon is uh yeah because he's played by um a Hispanic actor whose name just 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 lost just lost but but they are clearly hispanic people so you know, but nobody really. Cool Easter egg. And speaking of Lego Batman and and race bending. Well, no. What are you about to say? Well, Go ahead. I guess race bending. Um, cool Easter egg having Billy D. Williams. Yes, play, as Two Face. Play Two Face. Yeah, Billy D. Williams, of course, played Harvey Dent in the first Batman, and comic people knew that 
Harvey Dent becomes Two Face. So we said, "Oh, are they setting up Billy D. Williams?" But then when it was time, he was of course recast by Tommy as Tommy Lee Jones. By Tommy, and Lee it's Jones. a shame because before the Tommy Lee Jones casting happened, you had Batman the Animated Series happen, right? And Batman the Animated Series, which you know, while not being a direct spinoff of the Tim Burton movies, it was the Tim Burton movies that basically got it, you know, got it made. Right. And they followed their lead and having Harvey Dent be ambiguously uh, ethnic. Right, right. In his depiction. Right. On that show. Um, A piece of race bending that might have set the world on fire, but it, it unfortunately didn't happen, is that those Tim Burton Batman, uh huh, if... I think it was Tim Burton. If he had done the third Batman, yeah. Marlon Wayans was set to play Robin. That was the word. That, that was the word. Now, that might have. Yeah, that was the word. Yeah. That might have. It might have burned down a place on that. Yeah. Yeah. And would you have joined the burning? No. Like, do you think Dick Grayson needs to be played by a white man? I don't think he needs to be played by a white man. I don't. Um, I. There's a part of me, and I, I can't remember where Marlon Wayans was in the culture at that time. So that casting might have been problematic for me just because it was Marlon Wayans. Right. As opposed to it being a black guy. Right. Um, but, you know, now, and I can't remember whether this was before or after, having seen him in Requiem for a Dream. Right. I would have given him the benefit of a doubt. And right. I think I also would have given him the benefit of a doubt because it's the same thing that they asked people to give Michael Keaton when he was cast as Batman. Sure, sure, sure. Out. So I probably I probably would have given him the benefit of a doubt. I I you know, on the one hand, like I kind of see the thinking, you know, we're talking about Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. We're talking about um even Iris Allen on flash how about that how about that and on the and it works it works i i think what what gives me pause with with some of those choices is that i kind of see the um the cynicism behind it where i think these television producers and these movie producers <clears throat> excuse me like like they they have these films and because the source material is so overwhelmingly white. Yeah. They look for ways around that. Right. And on the one hand, I you know, it's like, you know, it's always nice to see representation. But on the other hand, I almost want them to to kind of um just own it. Own it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm, I apologize. Like you know, the Nick Fury thing, like you said, you know, you know, frankly, I think that was sort of part of the do-over. With the ultimate universes, mm-hmm. kind of, but even before that, if you're talking about Black Panther, if you're talking about Luke Cage, if you're talking about Misty Knight, if you're talking about um, Brother Voodoo, brother, you know, brother. I mean, Brother Voodoo. I mean, you say it out loud, and it sounds ridiculous, but but when you look at the character, like I think Marvel had a better record. Oh, by dude, by leaps and battles. of heroes and characters of color. Even before you bring in the television and the movies and all that. Before you even just go to the superheroes, think about how prominent a character in Spider-Man, Jack, uh, Jackie, I was about to say 
Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson. Right, right. Yeah, and Robbie it's Robertson. always been there. And, you know, on one hand, you know, I like that. But on, on the other hand, you know, part of the reason that I think DC should own it. And, you know, again, I know that we're, we're being very comic-y. But, but I, I feel like it's it should be a black eye for DC. Because when you look at, at what, like, longtime editor Mort Weisinger, who was sort of the head of DC Comics for decades. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I'm not going to use the R word with him, but when you look at the decisions that he made about race, when you look at the things that, you know, whether you're talking about what happened with Pharaoh Lad, when you, you know, you talk about the Southern distributors, like everything that happened, DC always had a real problematic history. Well, they have, they have had some problematic history. Some stories that definitely have come up on, on black tribbles before, um, and have been mentioned in other sundry places. I don't know the story of Farrellat, and I'm a Legion head. Farrellat, those you know, was was a member of the Legion of Superheroes. It's set in the future. Uh, Jim Shooter was the writer of the Legion of Superheroes at the time. He was, you know, I think this is during that moment when he was a teenager. He was a teenager, and yeah. he was writing. And you know, anything in the future is sort of intrinsically political. Yes. Because you're saying this is where we're headed. Yes. And Jim Shooter, as sort of this optimistic teenager, said that it's set in the future, and yet all of the members, like there are no African-American members, and that doesn't make sense because certainly in the future there would be, it would be integrated. Yes. And actually, you know, of course there there were alien of all members. different other yeah. colors. Yeah, but but you know, they're imaginary. Like there aren't actually orange people and green people. So he suggested that a legionnaire that he came up with would be African American. And the character's name was Pharaoh Lad and he could turn in the iron. Yes. And that was his whole deal. Mort Weisinger shot it down and said he can't be black. And, you know, it's, it's the excuse that's always used is the Southern distributors. So Jim Shooter said, oh, well, he can't be black. And as sort of a jab, Pharaoh Lad's whole deal is he always has to wear his mask. Yes. Because his face is too horrible to behold. Yeah. And that was Jim Shooter's commentary on this decision that, you know, Pharaoh Lad couldn't be black because his face was too horrible to behold. Yeah. But – this is where all this source material comes from. Yeah. So that, you know, when you do Superman, when you do Batman, I mean, this whole thing with the Justice League and Cyborg, like this, this, you know, in my mind and by my read, it's it's just a bad fit. Cyborg being promoted to this this spot in the Justice League over the past, like how long has it been since Flashpoint? Was that five, six years? Something like that. And it's so obvious what happened, you, you know, frankly, because, you know, you, some, well, I won't go too far into it. I'll just say that John Stewart apparently was a non-starter yeah. because apparently we – how Jordan – how Jordan like apparently we had to have the white Green Lantern. So John Stewart, the Green Lantern that an entire generation of people know about grew up on the Justice League cartoon. Millions yeah. of people knew about that was your that was their just that was their Green Lantern. That I mean, I mean as far as I mean you want to do numbers, that's Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the powers that be and people in, in prom positions decide that they want to bring back the white Green Lantern. So you couldn't have this team with just all white people. So the, you know, got this really kind of awkward positioning of cyborg. 
Yes. To have this black face. And then certainly, you know, Jason Mumia has been cast. Jason Momoa. I'm sorry. Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa has been cast as Aquaman. Yes. So that you have another case of race bending. And certainly I've heard grumblings from people about his casting. Oh, actually, actually I haven't heard that. I heard a lot of people enjoy that casting because of his Polynesian background. You know, lending itself more to the. I hang out in parts of the internet that maybe you don't hang out in. Okay. This, this, this sort of. Well, I hang out in the comic book shops, and that's yeah. that's where they talk about this. Yeah, episode. but you hang out. You, you know, it's it's funny. We were um. What are, you, what are you about to you about to say something about where I hang out? Yeah, I am actually. Okay. Um, you, you know, there's there's an article going around now where Marvel's. Have you seen about what David Gabriel from Marvel Comics said at this retailer summit? Uh, yeah, where you basically said that sales have been down, and he said part of that retailers have yeah. told him that people haven't responded to, to the, all to the, 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 the the diversity. Yeah, and you know because they're they're female characters and black characters, and Asian, Asian characters. characters and Muslim characters, and he said that there's been a pushback and people have voted with their wallets and to, and I'm I'm I always chuckle at. At some of my friends, and you know, I'm not going to say you were surprised by that, but I, I will say that the people who are surprised are in the places that we are. I think, I think the comic shops that we hang out in are not indicative of a lot of comic shops. Well, of like course. we hang out in Amalgam, and you, you know, and Showcase Comics, and Brave New Worlds, and you know, like we, like there are really cool, urbane, sophisticated, diverse comic shops. That we hang out in, but I don't know how representative that is. I think things are changing, but I don't know how representative that is of comic fandom. That that I mean th- that could be true because I do also hang out at a predominantly white um, customer based shop as well, the Hero Complex, where in, we do gutter talk. The one in Mani- Maniunk, in Maniunk, cool ass hipster Maniunk. Yeah, but they. They, they, they get they, they get some crazy ones in there. Yeah, and and I see it. I can see it in the, in people's selections. Right, the books that they choose to like, just like oh, yeah, and, you know, no matter how much pushing them on there, because right. the the owner JD, he's like staunch. Like he'll he'll try anything. Yeah, yeah, he's good too. For anything, but um, they you know eh. we're in the weeds now. <laughs> Are we in the weeds? Because we're talking about race bending and well, the we're talking about comics, and I don't know how many of our, uh, how much of our, our binge lounge, sure, are really in the comics. But but like you know, that. if they watch the stuff that we're, I mean, we're, we're talking the cases that we're talking about, whether it is you know the Superman films or or the DC films in general, the Marvel films mm-hmm. or Ghost in the Shell, the source material goes back to these places. Yeah, like it's true. like you know, we're talking about. I mean, this is the source material, so. I think that I think it's pertinent to this conversation, and and when we say, well, like I said, they've got to handle they've they've got to handle. I like the way Doctor Strange handled it. Uh, right. I didn't mind it. Let's put it that way. Right, right. Sort of agnostic about Doctor yeah. Strange. Um, you know, the Avengers and the whole Nick Fury thing. Hey, they they, they put it out there. I mean, right. it, it is straight from the source material from which they were getting it from. They right, didn't go right. deep in deep in the vaults. You know, um. So I didn't have a problem with it. With Iron Fist, I think it's it's hurt by its casting, right? First and foremost, and then the story as well. And I have a funny feeling that Iron Fist will get a second season. I don't think it necessarily deserves it, right? Um, 
But ain't that always the way? I pitched the way to make Iron Fist work because as much as everybody, for those who did like Iron Fist, all they're really doing is just waiting for Power Man to show up. They're waiting for right. Luke Cage to show up. Sure. And one of the major problems that uh, people have uh, laid at the feet of most of the Marvel Netflix shows is that the series are about maybe three, four episodes too long, the seasons. Right. So what I say you do with Luke Cage season two, which we know is going to be coming eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, uh, I think Defenders is about to, I think, no, Iron Fist and now Punisher is going to drop and then Defenders. Yes. And then eventually Daredevil two, Daredevil 3 and Luke Cage 2. And, and, Jessica uh, Jones Jessica is in Jones. there somewhere, yeah. You're, you solve your problem by you have a Luke Cage-centric storyline for your opening arc of season two. Let's say six, seven episodes. Maybe even go eight. Right. Most of the episodes... Of Iron are, Fist. No, you, you, it's, it's all Luke Cage. It's solo Luke Cage world. Okay. For like seven, eight episodes. And then that back five, because the seasons are usually about 13 episodes. Right. That back five, you kind of start pilfering in Iron Iron Fist so that the back five pretty much becomes Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't think you – nobody wants that. Like this is me guarding you, my you, food. You're guarding Luke Cage. Yeah, I am guarding Luke Cage. Because the, the, the deal, the reason why the, the books were merged back in the 80s was because both books were fi- floundering. Although but Luke Iron, Cage – Iron Fist was doing worse than Luke Cage. Exactly, All which right. is why Luke Cage was the book in which the, it, everything got pulled about, into. Yeah, keep that Iron Fist stink off of my Luke Cage. Luke Cage, the TV show, is not floundering. It is, no. it is Not only was it a hit, it was a cultural and critical hit. Right, so keep that Iron Fist stink off of it. I hear you, but... Boo. Iron Fist is not going anywhere. Boo. Well, let it let it deal with his. See, ain't that always way? Some mediocre white man. Now some He's people, not going some nowhere. people of color got to come in and save his ass. You want them to fold him in the Agents of Shield, uh, or, or you know, you fold him in a Jessica Jones. You no, fold, no, or, don't mess up Jessica or Daredevil. Jones. You no. can fold him anywhere you want. You leave Luke Cage alone now. <laughs> Just leave him out, Luke Cage. Y'all don't see me, but I got my arm around my plate. <laughs> Don't you bring that over to Luke Cage. You gonna eat your cornbread? That's right. We gotta get Samuel Jackson to Luke Cage. Did you hear Samuel Jackson said that he wants to be in the Fast and the Furious movies? Does he really? Luke Samuel Jackson does not want anyone to eat. Boy. Did you cause you know Samuel Jackson, he was in you talked about Tarzan. Yeah. He was, he was in, in the, one of the Tarzan. He was in the yeah, most recent Tarzan. Yeah, I know. And because he was in the most most recent Tarzan, he said, "Yo, I heard y'all doing Kong, I heard y'all doing Kong Skull Island." Well, I'm here already. Yeah, just send me the contract. Now, King Kong, a concept like you look at the original one with Fay Ray, way problematic. Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah, man. I mean, but you're talking about the '30s. But I have to say, the Peter Jackson one. I thought they dealt with it very well, really well. Like I actually, well. like I don't really remember a lot about it, but I remember liking it. Yeah, and I love Skull Island. Oh, Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull. I loved the one that was just out. Oh yeah, because it, well, it's just an action movie. Like King Kong, it's just giant monsters. Exactly, like giant monsters fighting each other. Exactly. Oh, I'm there like, for that. Like Peter Jackson's 
King Kong was trying to have the pathos right, and right. drama of the original. King. Right, and it brought him to right. New York and, and it's in and, the 30s. And yeah. And it wasn't a bad movie. It, it was bad. just too bloated. Yeah. But Kong Skull Island, oh, oh that's just get you, that's yeah. just Saturday afternoon. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was that was dope, man. So another Did you stay for the stinger? Oh, did, did I stay for this? Some people, stinger. a lot of people didn't know about it because it was so late. In oh, the, I stayed, the, and I'm and I'm there for it. Um, but that's another concept that is sort of you know initially racially dubious, but you can remove it from that mm-hmm. and kind of do something new. Yeah, and I think that's the key. You know, again, I talked about the Lone Ranger and Tonto. It's actually a quick way to fix the Lone Ranger. You just make the character black like the character he's actually based on. Point. Like, make an Talk actual... Talk about hidden stories. Yeah, you know, it's actually an African-American ranger. Yeah. That was the source material for the Lone... Like, actually make the Lone Ranger black. And now, now you've well, now you've got an amazing story. Actually, like, it kind of writes itself. Yeah, you've got a black man and an Indian. On the, on the frontier... Dealing justice. I mean, they say Django. They said one in three cowboys was black. Hopefully, somebody's working on that. I don't know about well, one in three cowboys. That's black. that's. I mean, that's what they say. One in three. One and look it up. One in three one cowboys in three. was supposedly. I mean, think about it. It's the late. It's the early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. Where else would a black man go and find his fortune but the frontier? Okay. Look it up. He found his fortune. He found the end of a rope a lot of times, too, though. Not on the frontier. Like, we out here on the frontier. It's who's ever the best, you know, with the gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, this in Mississippi. Well, there have been black westerns. I don't think. Yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't all been that I've been uh, holding back Bushrod and Thomasina for a year now. Bushriding Thomasina? Bushrod and Thomasina, Max Julian. I do not know this movie. Yeah, well, there you go. Coming up sooner or later. We're going to do Black Cowboys. We're going to do Buck and the Preacher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> he stopped. <laughs> there was no other place to go from there. I mean, you know. Although the most famous cowboys of the Old West were white men like Roy Rogers and Billy the Kid, you were wrong. One in four I'm of sorry. America's cowboys in were African American. I am Get sorry. Get your facts straight. Get my facts Coming straight. Coming with those alternative I'm facts. I'm talking real slick out the mouth. Mm-hmm. Karis one about to come here and teach show me he's a teacher of respect. <laughs> Karis one and my wife about to come in here and throw me off the stage. That's a callback to another episode. <gasps> oh, that wasn't this episode. Check your feed for yeah. the previous episode of the Binge Lounge. Many of the slaves in the 17th to 18th century were familiar with cattle herding from their homelands of West Africa. This brings historians to question of the name cowboy and whether or not it was made from slave cow herders. The life of the black cowboy was tougher than most. It was the black cowboy who broke the horses and herded the cattle across the rivers. Though they took on the toughest jobs, it was better to be a black cowboy on the ranch than a slave on the plantation picking cotton there you go black cowboys bunch of them apparently one in four so you make the lone ranger black there is a documentary about this john ferguson and greg mcdonald created uh uh the forgotten cowboys 
in which they followed the contemporary black cowboys of today, like Jason Griffin, who was a four-time world championship bareback buck riding horse rider, while also reflecting on the black riders. I was about to say, one of my best friends, his father's a cowboy. Really? His father's actually a cowboy. An actual, uh, wow. He's he like, actually rodeo, I mean, he's older now, but rodeo, horses, that thing, because I think a black man came up with it, that thing where you jump on on, on the calf and you ties. Oh, uh, uh, buckle bron- bronking, bronco busting. It's I, Black man came up with well, that. Bronco busting is a horse. Whatever it is where you jump on, you know, it's like under list of stuff Vince would never do. It's one of those things. <laughs> that long. That long list. You know her for four months and you went up in the woods with her? Sound to me like you was already in the sunken place, dog. You making bad decisions. <laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so- stay woke. <laughs> Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this diversion of On the Michelle Mission, uh, our trek in the binge lounge, talking about, um, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We just had some fun. Yeah. While and out. We're going to get back to the movie reviews um, soon, ladies and gentlemen, but um, we just take a break and just thought you would enjoy it. Um, and let us know what you thought. Hit us up, email us at Mission at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at Mission on Facebook and on Twitter at Mission Michelle. Uh, leave us a ranking on iTunes. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And you can also download the the Michelle Mission on the CLNS Beats and Eats Podcast Network. Just look for the CLNS app on uh, iTunes and or in Google Play. And you'll get the their whole host of podcasts, including the Beats and Eats podcast, the Black Tribbles, and your very own Michelle Mission. Okay, we got to get out of here. So, in the immortal words of Vincenzo, in parting, we say, "What but double love, love on the binge lounge? Got to get that Szechuan sauce, Morty. That's what I'm here for, Morty. Do you watch Rick and Morty? I've watched a few episodes. Oh, so good. I like it. I like Steven Universe, but more." Steven Universe is better. Yes. But Rick and Morty is so good. And they dropped a new episode on April Fool's. So we're all very excited. Rick Rick and Morty Morty is good. I I find it. It's dark. Yeah. I I like Steven Universe. How do you like Dan Harmon? I know we already said that. I love Dan Harmon. I like him. Oh, how do you like Dan Harmon and you don't like. Because he did community. I know, but but Rick and Morty is very much that kind of. I know, but I get. There's something about Rick and Morty that. Oh, my God. Are they still talking? I thought they said goodnight. (laughs) Binge Lounge! Do something. <laughs>